De Hits. 98.6 Uit de gouden jaren 60. 70. 70. En 80. Bij Extra Gold. Waar alles. This is the place where Elvis relives. Oh, he's such a sexy person. I'll get in here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Manfish Flash. A fan from put it this way. There would be many with good voices and good looks, but there would be only one Elvis. Combine a powerful surge of electricity with innocence, sideburns, a southern accent, a smile that is the most devastating thing since the atom bomb, and a form that is capable of style, excitement, and magnetism. Give this form life with his love for the fans and theirs for him, and shatter the placid 50s with a rhythmic rockabilly roll that would fell the rafters of American popular music. Dedicated to his memory, and to the countless millions whose lives he touched. This is the legend of a king. Well, we're going to bring out the Memphis Flash now, Elvis Presley for name. Well, kids, like I promised you about uh, oh, 24 hours ago from this very minute, I would do my best to get the boy himself to say something to you. And uh, lots of you have written and asked if uh, we, we couldn't get him on the show. Well, the problem there is that the guy just has to have a little time of his own, and he has little enough of it. So uh, he is gracious enough to uh, ask us to come up here and talk with him in the dressing room. And uh, there are, let's see, three of his buddies here, and Joanne is over in the corner. So uh, you're in good company uh, with Elvis Presley. And Elvis, I'm awfully glad to uh, take this opportunity to talk with you a little bit. Well, thank you very much, Bob. It's a pleasure, too. And uh, uh, is that your wife over in the corner? That is my wife, Joanne, yes. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now... Joanne will be the envy of everybody at the platter party tonight. She has been wooed at by Elvis Presley. And I thank you, Elvis. I agree with you, incidentally. Sure I do. Uh, you know what I was impressed, first of all, when I saw you? Uh, you're a taller boy than I had figured. How tall are you, incidentally? Uh, even six foot. Are you? I had uh, not pictured you as uh, quite so tall. You, uh, what sports have you indulged in any when you were in school? Uh, well, I tried to play football, and I never could make it, and I was very good at it. So I... Gave it up for the get fiddle slinging, huh? Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you a miserable bit, not uh, as well as you've done. What I would like to uh, find out from you, I know that uh, probably your tough problem uh, on these tours is uh, getting enough rest to uh, to do the job you do on the stage. How do you manage the confounded rest on these tours? Well, I, I don't. In fact, I don't any of us get much rest. We just, uh, and it's a lot worse when you when you do two or three shows a day, three and four. We do we do four sometimes. So you just have to catch it when you can, is that right? That's right. And, uh, and then usually when it's all over with, there's a lot of people around. And, and you just don't get much rest at all. So uh, just between tours, you've got to climb in the sack somewhere and, uh, and rest a little while. Is that the idea? Yes, that's right. We average maybe four or five hours a night. Where do you call home now? Uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis. Your parents up there now in a nice big house you bought them? Yes, sir. Good. I heard a lot about that, and it's a fine thing. Something else I heard about, too, at a piece of your property. I heard the bad luck you had with the Lincoln over in Tampa. Is that true? About uh, in the garage? Oh, uh, that wasn't too bad. They, uh, some of the kids got my gas cap and some of my cigarette lighters, but that was the fault of the garage. 
Somebody said they got in the uh, hubcaps, too. Is that not true? No, that's not true. Oh, am I so glad. I could just see you buying four hubcaps for a Lincoln. That would cost more than the car I drive, believe me. You well, go ahead. The, the, uh, I think the Continental hubcaps are $50 each. <laughs> That's $200 for a set, you know. Wow. What's this uh, $350 hood ornament you were telling Ann Rowe? Yes, uh, the ornament on the, on the Lincoln Continental is $350 because uh, it's white gold plated. Yeah. Wow. Listen, the one thing I did want to check with you on, I know you don't get a chance to keep up with things too much uh, when you're on the tour. Did you know that uh, Ed Sullivan was injured in an automobile accident? Yes, sir. I read, that, I read that in the paper. It is. Uh, he is not going to be able to make his show until the 19th of August. Is that right? That's the first one he'll be able to make. Yeah. I thought you might be interested in that. And when are you due uh, on the Sullivan show again? Uh, well, my, uh, my first one is September 9th. Right. Maybe have a new platter out for Victor by that time? I doubt it. You doubt it, really? I shouldn't have, because uh, I just, just had a release. See? Oh, yes, and you've done pretty well with it, too. Over a million copies in something like two weeks for Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel. Is that yes, right? Sir, yeah. Right. Three gold platters you've got yourself now for Victor, and I, I think it's a Four. fine thing. Four! Excuse me! Four. I got one for uh, Heartbreak Hotel, yeah. one for Hound Dog, one for I Want You, I Need You, I Love You, and one for my album. The album, too, has gone over a million. Yes, sir. No kidding. That's almost fantastic in the record business, isn't it? Well, Elvis, uh, there are a couple of other things. I saw in the paper night before last that... Uh, Hal Wallace is thinking of starring you in a picture with Jerry Lewis. Had you heard that one? Jerry Lewis. With Jerry Lewis. Had you no, heard it? I, really? I, I hadn't. Had... Well, uh, uh, there's something for you to think about. Know, Dan and Jerry broke up. Yes, that's true. So? I heard something about uh, that, but I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd... <laughs> <laughs> What's the, what do you mean? I don't know. You don't think you and Jerry get along? That's Dean Martin. <laughs> well, it's not that, but it's sure. that's, that's Dean Martin, and, and it'll always be Dean and Jerry, nothing else. Well, I uh, sort of agree with you on it. Speaking about... Uh, partners and uh, enemies and so forth. Uh, what's the Pat Boone situation with you? You know Pat. Well, uh, I know Pat very well. Uh, I didn't know anything about any, anything like that except when I read this radio TV mirror or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, they said uh, Presley and Boone battled it out. Well, that's, that's, that's nothing. I mean, uh, Pat Boone and I are very good friends. And you're not fighting with Pat Boone Never. Pat's all one right. of the nicest guys I ever met. And I'm, I'm sure he... I, mean, I don't think he'd say anything bad about me. You know? No, I think the only time you've crossed swords on songs is Tutti Frutti, isn't it? It's the only two that you've... Uh, the both well, of you have cut. both of us had a flop on it, so we didn't have anything <laughs> to fight about. Did we? Good. Okay. Well, we've... Uh, We've had quite a time here with Elvis, and he's getting ready uh, to take off, I know, and to finish that lunch, I guess, uh, he had here. Well, I, I didn't have enough. They didn't bring me but one sandwich, and that's, that's just an appetizer. There was one other thing I wanted to check with you. Uh, what has been your own personal reaction to the reaction of your fans as a result of the Steve Allen appearance? Uh, well, the kids didn't like it, you know. In other words, uh, they were writing letters in, and tell them to leave me alone, leave me the way I was, and all that, but uh, I believe that I won a lot of, a lot of new friends, you know, by sure. doing that, by showing them that I, that I could uh, act like a gentleman if I wanted to. <laughs> well, he doesn't mean it. Go ahead. <laughs> Which is not the way that I, uh, you know, started out. Sure. Well, Elvis, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Gosh, you know, you got a thousand things to do, and I thank you for this uh, five or six minutes. It's been wonderful, and, uh, Joanne and I can go home, and Joanne can sit there starry-eyed after having been wooed at. And uh, I thank you so much for this time. And uh, I personally want you to know that on the Bob Hoffer Show, there are no anti-Elvis Presley fan clubs at all. It's all for Elvis Presley. And that uh, we spin at least three to four of your records each evening in a 45-minute period as the result of the demand of the kids 
So, uh, and I also want you to know that as a result of our poll at our platter party Saturday night, Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel were number one and two in St. Petersburg in that order with the kids. And, uh, and I think that ought to, be, ought to be good news to you. Het houdt de gemoederen nog flink bezig. Het optreden van Elvis bij Steve Allen getuige dit interview met Bob Hoffer op 7 augustus 1956. Een dag later is Elvis in Orlando, Florida. En ook daar verschijnt hij voor een microfoon. Ditmaal van de NBC. Many a teenager would like to be in my shoes right now. For we have beside us the one and only Elvis Presley. It's good to have you on NBC's monitor, Elvis. Thank you, Happy. It's a pleasure being here, sir. Might tell you right now that uh, 8,000 fans are anxiously awaiting for your performance here. But uh, let's ask you a few questions for our NBC listening audience. Uh, how do you like this traveling? Uh, well, sir, I, uh, I like it a lot. In fact, I don't like to stay in one place very long. What about your future plans, Elvis? Uh, well, uh, you mean as far as my as the music business? Or yes. What? Well, I everything's out so fast. I ain't got time to make many plans, but I just hope to continue making records and everything. Hope I can get some good material. So, well, uh, do you I think? Like it. Do you think maybe the movies will occupy most of your time if you make? No, sir, they won't occupy most of my time. Uh, uh, just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you, you like traveling around the country? words, we'll cross that bridge and we'll come to it. You know? Well, do you like playing nightclubs, Elvis? No, sir. You don't? I do not. Well, uh, how did you ever start those long sideburns? You're starting a fad now. Well, I, I've had them for 28 years. 28 years? 28 well, long years. And you don't mind wearing them, huh? <laughs> no, and also, I've had them ever since I was old enough to grow them. What's your, what's your favorite song, Elvis? Out of mine or out, uh, of, out of any song? Don't Be Cruel. It's my favorite of mine now. Uh, the, of, of other records, I like uh, My Prayer, probably. And uh, what is uh, your biggest thrill that you've had so far? Well, I've had quite a few of them. I've, uh, I've had quite a few. Heartbreak Hotel, the first one? Uh, well, that's my biggest hit. That wasn't my biggest thrill, I don't guess. So. <laughs> I hadn't seen the royalty check from it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to have you on Monitor Elvis Presley, and thanks for being with us. Thank you, happy very much. Now back to Radio Central in New York. Alle door Elvis Presley opgenomen liedjes hoor je in chronologische volgorde in de Memphis Flash. Holy smoke, a sakes alive, I never thought this could happen to me. Op 9 augustus is Elvis in Daytona voor een optreden. En de pers dringt daar zelfs zijn kleedkamer binnen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your old buddy Ed Ripley over here at Peabody Auditorium in Daytona Beach. And I'm in Elvis Presley's dressing room where one of our girls from the Land High School is interviewing Elvis. Let's listen in on it. What was the attack? I'm sorry. That's what I'm talking about on the stage. Okay. How many cars do you really have? Four. Excuse me. Um, you like the girls going wild over you? That's what keeps me in business. Are you going to shave your sideburns off? Never. Is it true that you don't collect stuffed animals? Oh, uh, I don't collect them, no. A lot of people have gotten the idea that I do and have sent them to me, but I mean, I, I keep them if people send them to me, but uh, I, I never thought about making a collection of them. Well, are you bothered by anybody who who says that they're real good friends of yours now when they didn't even speak to you before? Nah. Well, I have another one, but I don't know whether I should ask it or not. Um, are you a dope fiend? Yeah. <laughs> what stage? What's your favorite color? What's my favorite what? Color. As far as clothes, I like black. 
Those cars are like white. Thank you. Well, what's this I hear about pink Cadillacs? I mean, uh, well, well, you took a fancy to that. <laughs> I, uh, my, 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 my first one was a pink one. Yeah. And I got a kind of a, you know, a sentimental feeling about about it. That's so cool. Well, uh, tell us, uh, just how did you get your uh, start in uh, entertainment world? I understand you were in Memphis and signed up with Sun Record Company. Just how did you get your big break? Well, uh... Uh, I, uh, you want to do that on the front? Let me see now. I've told the story so much, I'm getting confused. Uh, I just, yeah. Uh, hang on just a minute. Yeah, we'll hang it up. Elvis is signing a, one of his pictures here right now. We're pretty busy here in the dressing room here this evening. And we've got movie cameras and autographs and everything else going around here. Knocking so, on the window. Yeah, we even got some people out here knocking on the windows. Uh. <laughs> well, let's get in. I'm, I'm ready now. Now ask me that question. Uh, How did you first get your start as a, a recording artist and everything? Well, I started out in Memphis. Uh, I started out making records. I made one record and it kind of caught on and I... What was that uh, first record you made? That's All Right Mama in Blue Moon, Kentucky. Uh-huh. And, uh... <laughs> just, uh... How did you go about uh, getting your contract with RCA Victor? Or, uh, RCA Victor just bought my contract from Sun Records. I didn't have much say-so. Although I am glad they did, you know. Yeah, I guess it did kind of help, big label and everything. Well, uh, one more question, Elvis, before we uh, sign things off here. Of all the records you've made, both, both on uh, Sun and on RCA Victor, what one do you think you like best personally? I like Don't Be Cruel probably better than any I've made. <laughs> well, I think I'm inclined to agree with you. And Peggy over here, she kind of likes Don't Be Cruel too. And, uh, and I like Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? <laughs> that's, that's about a ring, huh? Folks, Elvis has got a... Uh, it uh, looks like a, a horseshoe there with uh, diamonds in it. Yes, sir. And uh, that's on his right hand, on his uh, little finger with his left hand. What is that there? Black sapphire. Oh, that's neat. By the way, uh, uh, what's, uh, you know what your next record's going to be for RCA? No, sir, I don't want to give out that kind of information. Well, if I knew, I'd tell you, but, uh, you know, I haven't made anything. That's right. Hound Dog and Doma Crew just came out, and I haven't made one since then. I hear you're going to get a golden record for those... Uh, for those two sides, is that right? I get a gold one for Hound Dog, and I get one for I Want You, I Need You, I Love You, and then one for my album. The album sold a million, too, huh? Yes. Well, I got it. So when do you think your next release will be out? After your uh, tour is over around the country here? Oh, somebody just broke a window here in Elvis's dressing room. Uh, getting back to you, Elvis, one, just this one more thing. Uh, when do you think your next release is coming out? Uh, it'll probably be <laughs> to lay them out the window. Uh, it'll probably be a couple of, couple of months yet. Uh-huh. Well, it's been mighty nice talking to you, and uh, I know all the fans over on the Dave Music over here at WJBS will uh, really appreciate you giving them a little word there. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. Elvis in gesprek met Peggy and Ed Ripley in het Peabody Auditorium, Daytona Beach, Florida. Op 22 augustus is Elvis te vinden in Hollywood in voorbereiding op zijn eerste speelfilm. Daar wordt het gesproken woord wat bekend staat als The Truth About Me 
Welke op een flexidisc werd uitgebracht opgenomen. Uiteraard was het gesproken woord op die flexidisc ingekort. Maar in de Memphis Flash horen we het hele complete verhaal. Hi, this is Elvis Presley. Uh, I, I just got in Hollywood by uh, Delta Airlines. And uh, there's a really nice crowd out here at the airport. And uh, a lot of newspaper reporters and photographers and everything. And it, it really makes me feel good because, you know, this is the place of places out here. Uh, what have I been reading in the fan magazines about your acting abilities? There have been a lot of articles come out that I was going to imitate or copy the uh, the late James Dean or something like that. But I've never I've never thought about it. Although James Dean was one of the greatest actors I've ever seen, he and uh, Marlon Brando and a whole bunch more I could call over. But uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to try to copy anybody. In fact, I don't even know whether I can act or not. I'm just going to give it a try. Did they tell you at the studio that they thought you were a good actor? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, no. They didn't say how they thought I was good. They just told me that my test turned out real well. I thought you were going to make a picture at Paramount first. Uh, what are you doing at Fox? I was supposed to have made for Paramount first, but something happened. And Mr. Wallace said he didn't want to make anything until December. Until December? That's right. Do you think you'll make a film for Paramount then? I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I will. I don't know what it'll be yet. Where did you go to high school? Humes High School in Memphis. Have you ever gone to any college of any kind? No. Where'd you go to school in the early years? I went to grammar school in Mississippi, Tupelo, Mississippi. Do you really have four cars? Yeah. One of them's pink, one's blue, and two of them's white. Are they all Cadillacs? No, one of them's a Lincoln Continental. What's the other car you have? I have a Messerschmitt. A Messerschmitt? What is that? Is that a car? It's a three-wheel car, a German-made. Which one do you like the best of all of them? Motorcycle. Is that right? How tall are you? Six feet even. How much do you weigh? 180. Blue eyes, right? Greenish blue, yeah. Tell us about this sideburn business. Uh, Why did you decide to start growing sideburns? I just always uh, wanted to grow them when I was growing up. I always admired sideburns. How old were you when you first let them start growing? When I was old enough to grow them, I I guess I was about 17. Do you have any brothers or sisters? No, I don't. Elvis, where do you live at home in Memphis? Where do I live at home? I live at home. <laughs> no, I mean, do you have your own house or apartment? Or uh, Yes, we have a house in Memphis. You and your parents? Yes. And you actually do ride these motorcycles? Yeah. Do you own one? Yes, I have a Harley-Davidson. That's my favorite sport, motorcycle riding. Do you horseback ride at all? Not very much. I'm going to have to learn, though. <laughs> Now, we've heard you like amusement parks. Tell us about that. They just amuse me because there's so much to do and take your mind off everything. What do you like to do there most? I try to win prizes by playing their crooked games. (laughs) 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 Don't print that. Please, please. I'm just kidding. Now, you don't actually have a girl right now. Is that true? Not a special girl. I date a few different ones, but nobody in particular. I read somewhere that you have a girlfriend that you've been dating three years. Is that true? That's very untrue. I've I've never dated a girl three years. I've never dated one three months. Um, Were you ever in love at all? I thought I was when I was growing up, but I wasn't. You know, when you're growing up, you you sometimes think you're in love. You sometimes think that this is is it. You'll never find another one, you know. But then you grow up and you laugh at yourself. Right. Do you think you're any different now than you were two years ago, a year ago? You mean as far as character concerned or what? As far as the way you feel now in comparison to when you were a nobody. Oh, I, I don't feel a bit different. 
I'm just I'm just like I was. I mean, in other words, of course, I guess everybody says this, and a lot of people change, but but actually I haven't. I, I I've never even felt a change. The only thing I've felt is that is 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 happiness, and that things have gotten better for me. That that God has blessed me, and that He's uh, given me a lot of things that a lot of the people would like to have. I mean, that I would like to see other people have. In other words, I I, I wish that everybody could have you know, luxuries in life. But I guess that's impossible. Do you consider yourself to be religious? Well, I don't attend church regularly or uh, regular or nothing like that, but uh, I'm a true believer of God, if that's what you mean. I, I, I believe that all good things come from God. When did you first start singing? Do you, do you call it singing, the stuff you do? Do I call it singing? Yeah, that is what you call it, right? Well, I've sold five million records. Somebody calls it singing. <laughs> I, I mean, this is what the critics say. I guess you read this all the time. Well, I'll tell you, uh, this is the only thing I can, this is the only explanation I've got for it is uh, people always, I get a lot of criticism for the actions I use on stage. I have been doing it for two years. I've been doing the same thing for two years. And it just got, in the last four or five months that I've got criticism, I guess it's because my records have become bigger and everything. In other words, the uh, the more popular you are, the more criticism you get. But, uh, in other words, uh, people can stay home and hear you sing. But when they pay their money to come out and see you on a personal appearance, the, the, those those people want to see a show. They come out to see some action. And if I stood up in front of an audience and did nothing but sing, if I didn't put on a show and if I didn't act like I enjoyed what I was doing, they wouldn't come out to see me the next time I went back. Do you really enjoy being up there on the stage as much as you seem to? I, I, I get such a thrill out of it till I wear myself completely out. And sometimes we have three or four shows a day and it's the same thing as a fighter going into the ring three times in one night. And not many fighters will do it. <laughs> Were you self-conscious when you first started? I mean, did you have stage fright at all? Uh, well, I still do. You still do? I still do. And I've been in front of a lot of audiences, but I, uh, I always get nervous. Are you nervous throughout the show? Uh, after the first couple of songs, I uh, feel okay. But I always go out with the, with the uh, thought in my mind, are they going to like me? Are they going to throw rocks at me or something like that? Tell me about the craziest audience you ever had. The craziest audience? One of the craziest. Well, I've run across quite a few crazy audience. Not crazy audience. I, I don't. I don't mean that. I mean I've run across unusual, kind of uh, uh, wild and exciting. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you no one particular place because it's happened quite a few times. In fact, it happens more that way than it does conservative type audience. Because any anywhere you get a bunch of young people together, there's going to be excitement. Do you remember the first time you performed in front of an audience? The first time I performed. Uh, let's see. In my life, you mean? Yeah, I mean, is there any time that stands out as being the first time you had to get up there? Yes, I was in front of an audience at a fairground when I was 11 year old. It was a fair, an annual fair, and they had a talent contest. And I sang a song called Old Ship, Story of a Dog. And I sang it, and I won I won fifth prize. I won five dollars. <laughs> uh, that's the first time. Where was this? It was in Tupelo, Mississippi. It's the first time 
that I ever sang in front of an audience. Were you nervous? I was shaking like a leaf. How did the song go over? Uh, I didn't have any music or anything. I couldn't get anybody to play for me. I couldn't play anything myself. So I just went out and sang it. And uh, I, I believe that they felt sorry for me back then. It's why they let me win, feel the pride. Because I was, I was scared so bad. Do you think your style of singing is different than anybody else's, or do you follow a pattern? Do you, say, sing like uh, Johnny Ray, for instance? Oh, no. No, I don't pull my hair and roll on the floor. Do <laughs> you feel that this is your style alone, the way you sing? Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it, I have never heard a, a style like it. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's good or nothing like that. I mean, I have never heard anything, and I never copied anybody. Yeah. I, I just originated it accidentally, more or less. I just, when, when, I, when, I, when I was called to make my first record, I, I went into the studio, and I started singing. I started jumping up and down. And uh, I mean, and, and I wasn't even aware of it. My legs were shaking all over. And uh, and then after my first record became a a hit, well, uh, I was on this big jamboree in Memphis at an open an open air theater. And uh, I came out on stage and I was scared completely stiff. And and my and, and my band, we all looked like a bunch of dead people. We were scared so bad. I guess there were four or five thousand people in in the in the audience, and uh, and uh, we. Uh, They're telling me here that we're running out of time. Well, well, let me let me go ahead and finish this. Anyway, I came out on stage and I was uh, and I was singing uh, a couple of these rock and roll songs, and the audience got to hollering and squealing with me, and, and they had been very quiet through the whole show, and I was the last one on the show. And they had been very quiet, and the audience started squealing, and I left the stage, and they kept calling me back. And I didn't know what I was doing that they liked, because I didn't, I never even thought about it. And my manager told me, go, he said, go back out there and do just what you've been doing. So I asked him, I said, what have I been doing? And he said, you've been shaking all over. He said, your legs have been shaking with the music, and your eyes twitching, your shoulders twitching and everything. And so uh, I stuck with it, and I've been doing it ever since. Je luistert naar Fred van Veen met de Manfish Flash op Radio Extra Gold. Media Pages. Het laatste nieuws online over radio en zeezenders. Steeds weer actueel op www.mediapages.nl. De ultieme Elvis fanclub It's Elvis Time wordt volgend jaar 60 jaar. Dat gehele stijl wordt natuurlijk groot gevierd. Beleef het allemaal mee. Dat kan op de website van It's Elvis Time. Of lees het informatieve It's Elvis Time magazine. En voor de rechtgeaarde fans, de webshop zit bomvol met uiterst vriendelijk geprijsde Elvis artikelen. Nog een aanrader, Elvis CD's, LP's en nog veel meer unieke Elvis merchandise vind je in Museum Rockart in Hoek van Holland. Hou de website, het magazine en zeker ook de radio in de gaten. Zo mis je helemaal niets over de 60ste verjaardag van It's Elvis Time. En uh, lid worden van It's Elvis Time? Dat kan simpel op de site itselvistime.nl Elvis never left the building! Je vrienden van de radio. Je hoort ze bij Radio Extra Gold. Next piano player. 
Radio Extra Gold presenteert u chronologisch alle door Elvis Presley opgenomen liedjes. I'm anxiously waiting for this. The Memphis Flash met Fred van Veen. Who is he? What is he? The Memphis Flash op Radio Extra Gold. It's like a dream. Please take another chance and let me, let me have another dance with you. Love me tender, love me dear, tell me you are mine. Out of the great southwest comes the sensational adventure of the notorious Reno Brothers and the girl they fought over. Starring Richard Egan as Vance Reno, who came back from the wars to claim his bride. Deborah Paget as Kathy, who loved one Reno brother but married another. And introducing Elvis Presley as Clint Reno, who loved his brother but also loved his brother's girl. I know you and Kathy used to be kind of fond of each other, but... Well, you ain't got no hard feelings against either one of us now, have you? Hard feelings? Me? Why, of course not. I hoped it'd be that way, Vance. We're so much in love. Won't you even try and understand? Nobody asks why a woman falls in love and gets married. You do. You ask me with every look, and you've got no right to think I was faithless. Say you want your lover. Say you ain't laid awake every night by my side thinking of him. Wishing I was Vance. Wishing you'd waited for him and never married me. Exciting motion picture that brings you Elvis Presley in the story he was born to play. Love me tender, love me true. You'll hear Elvis sing Love Me Tender, We're Gonna Move, Poor Boy, Let Me. See Elvis in action in a sweeping adventure of the fighting South. Watch Elvis fall in love as Clint, youngest of the notorious Reno brothers who loved his brother but also loved his brother's girl. Here is Elvis Presley the way you like to see him, as a singing man, as a fighting man, as a loving man. Yes, you'll love him tender in his first motion picture. See Richard Egan, Deborah Paget, and our own wonderful Elvis Presley in Love Me Tender. Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. We maken in deze radiodocumentaire voor het eerst kennis met de acteur Elvis Presley. Eerder in 1956 in maart had Elvis audities gedaan bij de grote filmbonds Hal Wallace. En dit was in de smaak gevallen, want vanaf 24 augustus waren daar de opnames voor Elvis zijn eerste speelfilm Love Me Tender. Vreemd genoeg was dit echter niet voor filmbaas Hal Wallace, maar voor 20th Century Fox. 
Het script droeg de naam The Reno Brothers. En het was in eerste instantie niet de bedoeling dat er in de film gezongen zou worden. Het verhaal is losjes gebaseerd op de echte Reno Gang... die op 6 oktober 1866 de eerste treinoverval in Noord-Amerika pleegde. Love Me Tender is een geslaagde western die gefilmd werd op de locatie San Fernando Valley in de buurt van L.A. Love me It's Elvis Presley in 20th Century Fox's exciting new motion picture, Love Me Tender. See him as a singing man. See him as a fighting man. See him as a loving man. In the story he was born to play, Love Me Tender. Yes, here is Elvis Presley the way you like to see him. Don't miss this sweeping adventure of the fighting south, starring Richard Egan, Deborah Paget, and Elvis Presley, Love Me Tender. De eerste gedachten dat er geen liedjes in de film zouden voorkomen... werden door de studiobazen ongedaan gemaakt. Met het enorme succes dat Elvis op dat moment in de diverse hitlijsten had... werd het wel heel aantrekkelijk om toch maar enkele liedjes in het filmverhaal te verwerken. En al dus geschieden. Elvis Presley is on the screen. Love me tender, love me sweet. Yes, Elvis Presley is on the screen in the story he was born to play, Love Me Tender. You'll hear Elvis sing, you'll see Elvis in action, you'll watch Elvis fall in love in the great adventure of the notorious Reno Brothers and the girl they fought for. See Richard Egan, Deborah Paget and Elvis Presley in Love Me Tender. De liedjes werden opgenomen in een voor Elvis onbekende omgeving, namelijk de Fox States One Studio in Hollywood. En ook de muzikanten welke aan Elvis gekoppeld werden, waren onbekend voor hem. De filmstudio had in al haar wijsheid besloten dat hun eigen muzikanten... veel beter de vereiste countrymuziek voor de western zouden spelen dan de muzici van Elvis. Vreemd, want Scotty Moore en Bill Black leverden toch een aardig aandeel in de countrymuziek... middels hun groep The Wranglers. En ook DJ Fontana was goed bekend met het genre. Ten slotte drumde hij voordat hij bij Elvis ging werken... in dienst van de Louisiana Hayride Show, waar een en al country gespeeld werd. Hoe het ook zij, op 24 augustus 1956 waren de eerste muzikale opnames voor Love Me Tender. Het eerste lied wat de opnameband opging was... We're gonna move. De melodie en de al bestaande tekst werd hier en daar wat aangepast voor de vertolking van Elvis. De naam van Elvis en die van Madson staan als componisten geregistreerd, maar niets is minder waar. Het is heel goed voorstelbaar dat Elvis het lied Leak in This Old Building kende, gezien zijn enorme kennis van kospelliedjes. En de naam Madson als schrijfster, ja, dat is een cadeau van de musical director van de film Ken Darby, die hier en daar een zin veranderde in het lied en zijn vrouw Vera Madson met haar meisjesachternaam de eer gunde de zogenaamde componisten van het lied te zijn. Het was een vuil spelletje, want het origineel is van de Bells of Joy... die het lied vermoedelijk in 1951 in oktober dat jaar opnamen... waarna het in januari 1953 op de plaat verscheen. Het lied werd geschreven door leden van deze kostpelgroep, de Bells of Joy. Lord, it's a 
Pulling down window shades is no use at all. The kids and the neighbors can peek right through the wall. Well, there's a leak. There's a leak in this old building. Yes, there's a leak. Well, there's a leak. There's a leak in this old building. There's a leak. Well, there's a leak. In this old building, look out below. We're, We're gonna, gonna move to a better, move to a better, move to a better. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, seven eighty S four cut. Work on a Move, take 4, opgenomen op vrijdag 24 augustus. En Elvis werd begeleid door Vito Mumulo, gitaar, Michael Rubin, bas, Richard Cornell, drums, Luther Roundtree, banjo en Dominic Frontieri op de accordeon. De achtergrondvocalen zijn van het Ken Darby trio, Red Robinson, John Dodson en Charles Prescott. Love me. Elvis Presley is on the screen in Love Me Tender. See Elvis as a singing man, a fighting man, a loving man in Love Me Tender. Don't miss the motion picture he was born to play, Elvis Presley in Love Me Tender. Na het filmen in augustus en oktober vindt de première plaats op 15 november op Broadway in New York City. Om vervolgens op 21 november overal in Amerika in de bioscopen te verschijnen. De dag erop, op 22 november, kan er in de Los Angeles Times gelezen worden dat Elvis echt kan acteren. Zelfs als hij niet zingt. Naast Elvis acteren prima acteurs als Richard Egan en Deborah Pated. De film bevat vier liedjes. De eerste hoorden we juist en de andere vier komen er nu aan... zoals het hoort in de Memphis Flash in volgorde gedraaid, zoals Elvis ze opgenomen heeft. Dit is Love Me Tender, gebaseerd op het aloude Amerikaanse burgeroorloglied Ara Lee. Dat lied werd in 1861 gepubliceerd, net toen de Amerikaanse burgeroorlog begon. De eerste keer dat Ara Lee ook op een geluiddrager vastgelegd werd, was in 1913 door de American Quartet op 15 november dat jaar. Dit was een verbastering trouwens van R.O. Lee, welke al in 1865 plaatsvond en graduation song van de militaire school West Point werd. Ladies who come up in June will be 
upon the Jews, and hoping they'll be married soon and join the army too. Army blue, army blue, hurrah for the army blue, we'll bid farewell to red and gray, and on the army blue. Now here's to the man who wins the cup, may he be kind and true. May he bring our God long up to don the army blue. Army blue, army blue, we're all for the army blue. We'll bid farewell to red and gray and don the army blue. But still I hear that olden song, I feel the evening dew. And mellow strings and voices join again in army blue. Army blue, army blue, we're all for the army blue. We'll bid farewell to bed and gray, and on the army blue. Now, fellows, we must say goodbye. We love our voyage through. Our future is a cloudless sky. We're on the army blue. Army blue, army blue, we're all for the army blue. We'll bid farewell to bed and gray, and on the army blue. Orali werd dus Army Blue en dat was het American Quartet uit 1913 voor de eerste opgenomen versie van Orali die ook wat meer op Love Me Tender lijkt moeten we naar 1937 toen de Shelton Brothers die versie van het lied voor het eerst opnamen. Love and light return with thee and swallows with the spring. 
780S16. Love me tender, love me sweet, never let me go. You have made my life complete, and I love you so. Love me tender, love me true. All my dreams fulfill For my darling I love you And I always will Love me tender Love me long Take me to your heart For it's there that I belong And will never part Love me tender Love me true All my dreams fulfill For my darling I love And I always will Love me tender, love me dear Tell me you are mine I'll be yours through all the years Till the end of time Love me tender, love me true, all my dreams fulfill. For my darling, I love you, and I always. A 780 S12.
eerder in mei van 1956 tegenover een jockey had verteld... dat heel Billy muziek echt iets van vroeger was. En daar stond hij dan, amper vier maanden na die uitspraak... Let Me in te zingen. Inzingen, ja, want de muziek was al een dag daarvoor op de band gezet. 
Dat achteraf inzingen zou Elvis door de loop der jaren zo min mogelijk doen. Hij was er niet echt een fan van en dat toont de echte artiest. We missen in dit rijtje nog de filmversie van Love Me Tender... zoals te horen en te zien aan het einde van een film als de credits over het beeld rollen. Deze bijna vanuit de hemel gezongen versie vergeten we natuurlijk niet... maar komt zoals het chronologisch betaamt later aan bod. En tot zover het muzikale overzicht van Love Me Tender. Elvis van eerste speel. Museum Rock Art in Hoek van Holland. De schatkamer van de Nederlandse popmuziek. Beleef die roerige periode gewoon nog eens. Vanaf de jaren 50 tot heden. Armand, Golden Earring en nog veel meer. Maar ook jazz, rock and roll en de hitlijsten en radio van toen. Museum Rock Art heeft steeds wisselende exposities, inclusief beeld en geluid. Dus meer dan de moeite waard. Kijk eerst op www.rockart.nl en kom dan zelf naar Hoek van Holland, naar Rock Art. Discussieer mee over Radio Veronica. Veronica 5, Op radiotref.nl. Hallo Maria. Je bent weer te laat, Piet Heijn. En je moet bij de baas komen. De baas? Oh nee, dat, dat wordt mijn ontslag. Ik heb de vorige keer al een waarschuwing gehad. Waarom kom je dan ook niet gewoon op tijd? Of ben je gisteravond weer dronken geweest? Dronken? Dronken? Ach, wat gaat jou dat aan? Drank maakt meer kapot dan je lief is. Radio Extra Gold. Overal in Nederland te ontvangen in wifi stereo. En wereldwijd via extragold.nl Even terug naar toen. Dit is Radio Extra Gold. Het is 9 uur. Dit is Ewald van Liemt met het Radio Nieuws. De gezamenlijke particuliere medische klinieken zeggen op korte termijn extra operaties en ingrepen te kunnen uitvoeren nu dat niet meer kan in de ziekenhuizen. Want die annuleren een groot deel van de planbare zorg, zoals heup, knie- en staaroperaties. In september was het aantal in te halen operaties al opgelopen naar bijna 200.000 en dat aantal stijgt nu verder. De koepel Zelfstandige Klinieken Nederland roept daarom het kabinet en zorgverzekeraars Nederland op om vaker particuliere klinieken in te huren. In de Duitse stad München zijn de eerste twee gevallen van de Omicron-coronavariant vastgesteld. De twee kwamen woensdag met het vliegtuig uit Zuid-Afrika aan. De Omicron-variant van het coronavirus was al in België, Italië en twee keer in Engeland vastgesteld. Die twee Britten zitten in zelfisolatie met hun huishoudens. Het Verenigd Koninkrijk laat nu alle inkomende reizigers binnen twee dagen uit voorzorg testen. En ze moeten in isolatie blijven totdat ze een negatieve uitslag binnen hebben. Pas morgen kan er worden vastgesteld of er onder de passagiers van de twee gisteren in Amsterdam aangekomen vluchten uit Zuid-Afrika besmettingen met de Omicron-variant zijn. Alle 61 van de 600 KLM-passagiers die gisteren zijn gearriveerd zitten thuis in isolatie of in een hotel op Schiphol. De GGD vraagt zo'n 5000 mensen die sinds maandag terug zijn gekeerd uit zuidelijke Afrika om zich ook te laten testen. De Omicron-variant is veel besmettelijker dan de Delta-variant. En in de regio rond de Franse hoofdstad Parijs is er voor het eerst in 30 jaar tijd weer een wolf gezien, zo meldt het Franse Bureau voor Biodiversiteit. Het beest